You're listening to the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Now, let's go down to the pumpkin patch. The Foggy Jack Network. For more shows like this one, please visit www.foggyjack13.weebly.com. Alrighty, so tell everybody a little about your podcast, what you guys do on there. Okay, well, our podcast is Haunt Weekly. Uh, we were You do the intro for <laughs> it, so why intro. did you point to me? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, long story short, <laughs> our podcast is called Haunt Weekly. It's at hauntweekly.com, and it is basically a weekly podcast about haunted attractions in the haunted entertainment industry. Um, we aim broadly. We try to be a podcast for almost everyone in the industry in some way or connected to the industry, but um, we have a heavy focus on, like, the business side of things and, you know, basically, you know, the operation side of haunts. But we have stuff for actors. We have stuff for just people who are fans of haunts. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's 241 episodes. There's probably one that caters to what you are seeking in a podcast about haunted attractions. Yeah. All right. Awesome. <laughs> you guys definitely cover a lot of topics. That's for that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's, a, it's amazing how we never seem to run out. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've been doing this Especially for with all this five years. We're approaching five years, and we've never been want for topics. Sometimes we've been a little lazy and come up with them late, but we've never been want for them. Asked for the audience for audience suggestions once, and then got the delusion. Yeah, (laughs) been mooching off of that for a while. Um. (laughs) All right. So here, here's my first question: Why did you guys start your podcast? Uh. Well, I looked for one and couldn't find one that was out there as regular as I wanted it to be. Yeah. And we were talking about haunting anyway. Yeah. So we decided why not record it and put it out there for everybody. There's a there's a weird bit of serendipity here because yeah. we had owned the domain hauntweekly.com yes. for quite some time. You had purchased it. So the original idea was to do a weekly craft thing. Exactly. You were going to do a build or a, a project of some type. Yeah. And it could be as simple as we're building panels this week or it could be as complicated as we're doing all this distressing and painting. It was a great idea, but we kind of got ill on video content, on edited okay. video content. We kind of turned sour on it because um, we did another project called Garbage Horror that just sucked yeah. up so much time, so much energy of us, yeah. and we couldn't we couldn't keep it up. So we sort of sat on that idea, put it in a corner, and kept it there. And then, like she said, she was looking for a podcast that was weekly or recurring enough. Because there's a lot of great podcasts, but yeah. a very few, especially back then, this is five years ago, right. were truly operating on a weekly basis, had a, a reliable schedule. And as she noted, we were doing these talks about haunted attractions anyways, always. So it's like, why don't we just stick a microphone in the room and see what happens? And hey, look, we've got this domain. 
That's perfect. Um, so what are some of the podcasts you guys listen to? Um, definitely listen to Big Scary Show and those guys and what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, Code Yellow is a new one. Yeah. That's been getting a lot of traction. We've been really enjoying some of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you know, this is an industry that that's just that there's so many new ones springing up now. I know I'm not keeping <laughs> up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do my very best, I promise, but I'm failing miserably. Like you, know, <laughs> like, you know, you've got a wonderful podcast. We've been, we've listened to some of those. It's just, but there's so many new ones coming online in this industry. And it's a great thing to see because for a while there, it kind of felt like we were it, you know, in terms of the regular yeah. ones. Even yeah. the ones that were around were operating on weird schedules. Um, so, yeah, and also Haunt Topic Radio, Crystal's, and this is the thing, I always freeze at that question. Yeah. Haunt Topic Radio, Crystal's giving me a cheat sheet here. Yeah, I pulled up her subscriptions, which yeah. I should have <laughs> This is why she's here. She thinks of this stuff. I do not. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, yeah, I've, I listen to those ones as well. <laughs> um, and your guys' show, of course. Look, the haunt industry is not one for good podcasts now, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Because you need something yeah. to, to listen to while you're building panels, basically. So that's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm just kind of kind of going over my list here of things, <laughs> of questions I, I wrote down to ask you guys. Um, let's see here. So did your guys' street get fixed? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I had to ask. Uh, so. Yeah. Long debacle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it every week that shut us down last year. And now, you know, COVID might shut us down this year. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We're still kind of waiting in the wings, listening. Because as home haunters, we can pull that trigger later yeah. than a lot of pro yeah. We only open three nights. Uh, so we'll be making any call like mid to late September, yeah, which is when we had to make the call last year. Right. So we're probably going to do the same thing this year. But I know a lot of pro haunts, by then they've been open for a while probably. Um, in some cases, they've definitely made investments that they can't retract. You know, that's like our point in overturn is mid to late September. Yeah. Well, and a lot of pro haunts also get their actors in late July, August, yeah. early like August. Like now, basically. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, the 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 haunt I worked at is starting to kind of call for people, and I I noticed that uh, Fear Factory calling for people too. So, yeah. um, and I'm in Salt Lake, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I was gonna go to the COVID, the mid COVID um, Fear Factory thing, right. but the night I was gonna go, all the riots happened, so they shut the whole city down. <laughs> Yeah, I heard about that, and I was disappointed because you had told us that you were going to tell us what it was like, and I was deadly curious, but unfortunately, we didn't know anyone that made it on the impact. We had one other person who, totally unrelated, was supposed to go on the same night and had the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. So we just had bad luck. We had 50-50 shot, and we got screwed up twice. Yeah, and then a few weeks later, the other haunted house, Nightmare on 13th, opened, and I went to that one. And 
it's 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 interesting <laughs> mid covid it's really interesting they had me wait in my car they did like a virtual queue kind of oh, oh, I think that. and i waited in my so, i waited in the car yeah <laughs> i i waited i ended up waiting in my car for like 45 minutes before i actually got called and then I mean, that was good until you actually got in line for the haunted house. And then it was just like a regular line. They tried to keep everybody separated and, you know, all that. But it's kind of hard to do in a haunt. And then once you got into it, it just turned into a big Congo line. So the strangers behind me were, you know, screaming, screaming at the back of my head. But it was it was interesting. At least they tried. So that's got to give them props for that. Attempt was made, lessons were learned. That's how we'll look at it. Yeah. 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 Okay, so let's move in to your guys' haunted house. Um, What is the backstory of your haunted house, or does it change every year? Um, There's an overarching uh, character Mm -hmm. who goes and, and his name's Bernie Baxter. That is the name of our haunt is Bernie Baxter. Mm-hmm. And he goes and finds the hell's most evil villains or the other New Orleans villains. greatest villains type. Yeah, exactly. It's like a Batman style villain brigade <laughs> yeah. where you get a different okay. villain each episode, each, each, each year in our case, yeah. not each, say each week, no, each year yeah. in this case. Um, but it, it, Bernie Baxter is kind of the overarching story, you know, it's, why is he doing this? Where does he come from and all that? And then he's bringing back, I mean, all of our stories year after year are based loosely in New Orleans history. Yeah. And okay. um, they're also online, I believe. Yeah, we um, have, I think we have m- most of them up until- There the, might know, be one that was missing. Yeah, I think we have one or two that are missing because we didn't have a website for a time. Yeah. Um, okay. But, you know, they're all at Bernie, it should be at com. Um, but yeah, we've done a real rogues gallery of fake villains from New Orleans history. And New Orleans is not want for its history basically is one catastrophe to the next. Yeah. And you, there's so many in its history. It's very easy to find ways you can make a believable villain story, villain origin story out of it and turn that into a haunted attraction. Yeah. Okay. You guys did, was it the full haunt that was the Rougarou, or was it just a part of it? Because didn't you do... Uh, I don't think we've done the Rougarou. No. No, maybe, maybe, it, maybe, that was a, maybe that was a sideways comment that you made on one of your po- or yeah, podcasts. We do that quite often. No. But no, most of uh, the... In fact, I think every character has always been a person yeah that's that's okay. one of the things that we've had men and women yeah we've had i think one was a teenager one was young right several elderly yeah but yeah they've all been human yeah yeah okay that's um, that's, that's a a blessing and a curse for making characters yeah well and, and honestly like, trying to base it somewhat in new orleans history and somewhat grounded like yeah. the touch of reality hanging out there it makes it more believable it makes the suspension of disbelief easier i think mm-hmm. and it lowers a lot of our expense because we don't have to necessarily design big lavish costumes or big lavish sets to you know, it's okay if, you know, our haunt, this room looks like a living room because the story takes place in some dude's living room. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
we can kind of build what we know and work with it and it makes things easier for us and i think it helps the um people who go through the haunt like i said have that suspension of disbelief and um you know accept the uh, the kayfabe that we have created for them <laughs> yeah yeah okay um what is what was the hardest prop you've ever made oh <laughs> that is rough because the... i i think the one that took the most iterations to get it kind of right and then it 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 never really worked the best would be the drop ceiling yeah that wasn't difficult from like a technical standpoint it was difficult right. from a getting it to actually work as a scare standpoint because oh. we knew this was a great idea we just couldn't see okay. the reactions out of it yeah as far as most difficult to build oof um you know i think the disappearing wall yeah i think you're right i think the disappearing wall is most difficult because it's it's basically a, a a pole that has fabric on it um and the pole is inside of a frame the problem is is that the pole wants to jump out so you have to build the frame very specifically so that it doesn't do that and hit customers or the actor operator. well that and also i think the gore box yeah, we have the because the, we have a gore box. I think I've reposted photos of it where you get into it and it looks like you're cut in half with your intestines hanging out. Yeah. It uses angled mirrors to make yeah. it look like you're disappeared. That was terrifying. That was terrible to build because even though we knew the principle of how it worked, yeah, no one posted uh-huh. diagrams. So we had no idea about dimensions to build. The first iteration just did not work. No, the second iteration <clears throat> would have been probably okay. But the mirrors didn't work in it because right. we tried to make our own mirrored plexiglass. Never do that. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> it is actually cheaper to buy it than make your own. And yeah. you, and your, your swear quota for the year will be met if you try to mirror plexiglass. <laughs> Unfathomably difficult, especially in a humid ass climate like this. Yeah. Everything bubbles. Yeah. Um, so and then that one had we to throw out most of what we had done because we fixed it we would have fixed it yeah. and then the third iteration was perfect and it's still doing pretty good and it still yeah. works but god so many hours were sank into that uh so yeah i think between those two things you've got the most complicated build because and the reason they were both complicated was because we were bo- trying to do something we didn't have a diagram for we understood the principles of but didn't have a diagram yeah. for so we're constantly having to iterate and make small changes and like yeah. you go back to some of our earlier drop panel designs that we built, you'll see that we keep putting up scrap wood in various places behind it to keep the board from popping out because we keep learning all the new ways the board gets. Like, yeah, it'll get to only do this one out of every hundred drops maybe, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. really bad when it happens. And then now we know it does that, so we put a scrap piece there to prevent, you know, you just keep iterating it. And then when <laughs> we went and built a new drop panel, we knew exactly where the wood had to go the first time. Yeah. So that's part yeah. of the learning process, and and I think that's something every haunter goes through. Though hopefully less so today, because of all the great resources like Haunters Toolbox, Haunters Hangout, yeah. and all those types of groups that share these types of information. I just wish someone Halloween had posted DIY. Halloween DIY. DIY. I just wish someone had posted a full diagram of the Gore Box. Could have saved me so much. Yeah, we and, should really get on posting ours. Yeah, we really should. We. <laughs> I need to get. I need to redo the measurement. Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite prop you guys have built? Honestly, for me, I think it's the breakaway wall. 
And the reason we built like a, it's an eight foot by eight foot frame, basically. So it's two panels big and the entire thing opens like, um, there's like swinging doors, but when closed, it looks like a solid wall. And the reason that's been so good to us is that it is an amazingly effective scare. You just put a stopper on one side of it. Actor bursts through and hits the stopper and growls and all that. It's way more impactful, mm-hmm. I find, than a drop panel. Yeah. Because like I said, now the whole wall's coming at you. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's so right for redecoration. Um, we just we keep saying this is the year we're going to get rid of it, but the reactions to it year after year after year are so good. You go back over the security camera footage, yeah. people are like flinging themselves into the opposite wall to get away from it. Right, and <laughs> there's nothing like that at any of the haunts in our no. area. So we're the only place that you'll see and it, it. And it was stupid simple. It's two frames, about four foot wide each, on hinges to yeah. an outer frame, and they meet in the middle roughly with about a, a, bit of a small gap, but they meet in the middle. And then you just affix whatever you want to decorate it with on the outside and boom, you burst through. Yeah. You want to do a window scene, you just dress it with a curtain and make it look like it's a boarded up window. You want to make it a rock wall, it can be made a rock wall. You want to make it an old construction site, it can be an old construction site. And it's just yeah. been so easy to repurpose year after year. Uh, we keep saying we're going to dismantle it. As the, this is the year it's got to go. We, we need that. We need to reclaim that space. And But we go over the security okay. camera footage, it's still killing. all right um for you what is the best sorry oh good sorry oh okay uh for you what is the best part of haunting um i really like the build and doing everything and like thinking about it critically you know if this is here then what's across from it and how how is it going to all work together and how is the flow going to work? That's, that's my favorite part is the planning stage and then seeing it all come together is the payoff, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that's, that's the part we're definitely both most passionate about. Yeah. I've said this repeatedly. Haunting does cause fights between us, Yeah. but the fights are never, (laughs) this is the living room. This is the bathroom. Then you go into the hallway. No. No, it's no, no distract here, startle here and we're motioning to the directions everything has to be and trying to argue over the flow and the tactics of the haunt. And one of the reasons okay. is we only have five real rooms. Yeah. So each room has to be killer. Each room has to stand alone. If you have a misfire room, that's 20% of the haunt that's dead. It's dead water. Yeah. And so basically the way that it, it starts off is that we'll come up with our idea for the year, mm-hmm. our overarching theme. Mm-hmm. Um, we know how many rooms we are in the layout um, of the walking path so you know then i'll go okay this room is this this is this this is this this is how it ties into the story yeah, and, and and then we'll go okay but what's the new scare in here yeah. and where is it going to be placed mm-hmm. and that's when that's when the fighting starts yeah that's that exactly <laughs> we don't talk too much about the time. We, we love doing decoration we love yeah. doing that stuff it is a lot of fun but yeah it's for me i work front of house yeah and you work yeah. inside you're the general inside i'm the general outside yeah. um and so one of the things is you get to see the scares happen in close in pretty much real time right um i have to go view them on the security camera footage later usually right. but i do get to see the smiling faces <laughs> and the happy people as they leave it yeah. and they tell me how great it was and how much they enjoyed every second of it so i get the reviews <laughs> right um, okay All right. Um, 
what has been your favorite theme overall from these from the years that you've built your haunt? Ooh, that's oh, good, good God. That's a, good that's a really good one, huh? <laughs> oh, take a second. Um, so, even though I don't think it was the most successful theme, I think the Mardi Gras one was the most fun. Yeah. In terms of just being fun, yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're in New Orleans, and none of the haunts play with Mardi Gras at all. And Mardi Gras writers are, you know, masked characters. And they are creepy as hell. I don't care they what anyone says. <laughs> they are. So, you know, that was probably <laughs> the most fun to, to come up with. How is it going to work in the decorations and and building out, the, the fleshing out the characters yeah. for that one, too. I've got all this wild fabric now because I made costumes for everybody yeah. that year. And we even, um, I remember, because it was fun that year, because we were shopping in, like, September, uh, yeah. August, September, for Mardi Gras stuff, which, of course, Mardi Gras is February, March. Yeah. So it's all dirt yeah. cheap. Like, yeah. everything Mardi Gras is <laughs> stupid cheap. It. If you can find it. And there's still Mardi Gras stores that open your rent. So we're buying, like, yards and yards of Mardi Gras coverings for, like, a yeah. dollar. You know, a dollar for the whole roll. It was yeah. crazy. Um, I got to say, my favorite year, though, my favorite uh -huh. theme was Kane's Collection. Kane's collection was fun. Because I, I, that was the one with the serial killer who collected one person um, for each letter of the alphabet was his thing. And he was looking to get his last victim. And so what we would do that year was we would get the name of someone in each group. And we had a like a like um, an altar of skulls with the letters underneath them, an A through Z, and only one hole was there. And so what would happen is I'd get the name, find a way to pass it back, and then they'd move the skull so that space was blank. And <laughs> lost it over that yeah <laughs> they legit lost it it was great but it was also a very fun creepy serial killer and it seemed like everyone bought into it completely like they, i got a, i got more questions that year did this actually happen than <laughs> any other year so yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay um what are your top haunted houses that you go to each year hmm we only, um, each year, we only go to the ones in Louisiana. Yeah, every and year. Every year. Uh, we try to branch out to new ones um, also. Yeah, we try this, to do, we do one road trip every year is the goal. Yeah, um, this year's, that's not that, going to happen. That's um, probably not going to happen. Yeah. But historically, like yeah. last year we went to Houston, we've done Atlanta, we've done St. Louis. Chicago. Chicago. Um, so we've done a bunch of great cities. Mm -hmm. um, and we're hoping to hit in, uh, um, others very soon, but yeah. yeah, I mean, right. Locally, I have a real soft spot for the 13th gate. Yeah. Um, the, the reason is they, their set design is just above all else. It's incredible set design. People, like the biggest objection people have is that it's not super scary. And I think they're actually ramping up the, the scare. They've been working on that yeah. in recent years. I think don't think I people are saying that okay. nearly as much in 2020 as they were back in 2015. But that said, um, it's all about the set design and getting lost in this fantasy world. Yeah. And they have some incredible actors that work there. They do. And it's just amazing stuff all around. And, you know, the set design, they have movie set design mm -hmm. creators on their crew. Yeah. That help build it. So... That's, you know, you're going to get that there. Um, I think that the one that I'm most excited to see currently is Rise. Mm -hmm. And that's only because they they keep adding stuff. Yeah. 
and they keep trying to do new things that we don't have in this area. And I think that's really important. Yeah, they were the first to do a big hayride yeah. um, in this particular area. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. I, I rise in five to 10 years, God help us, and if, with COVID, who knows what's going to happen. No, no. But in five to 10 years, if they keep growing and honing and improving like they have, right. they're going to be, you know, one of the, probably one of the biggest haunts in the country in terms of reputation. Yeah. And, and they've, we've talked to them about their plans and they've got big plans for the future. Yeah. Um, I will say like think about haunts we went to elsewhere that we really enjoyed netherworld in Atlanta is an obvious one. Yeah. I mean, those guys mash up both amazing design like with incredible tactics. Like if you want to, if you want a masterclass in haunt design tactics, it's also was interesting going through netherworld because you could see, where they started and where they went to, mm-hmm. you could see like the history of Netherworld in Netherworld. Yeah. And how they iterated, keeping what worked, ditching what didn't, and just iterated and iterated and iterated, like, you know, like a mutating virus, <laughs> figuring out how to make themselves stronger, <laughs> better, scarier yeah. as it goes on. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and Hell's Gate in Chicago. Oh, was. God. Hell's Gate. And also a shout out to Statesville. Yeah. So, zombie, the zombie army haunts. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Uh- both of those are amazing. So yeah, those are probably I'd, I'd put those at least all of them in the group. I have a t- don't ask me to pick one, please. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, oops. When you go into a haunted house, what is what's your like favorite theme to see in a haunt? Hmm. You know, my favorite thing to see in a haunt personally when I'm going through is something that I have never actually seen before. Something new, something unique to that haunt. Yeah. And and that is often, it's very tough to do because we've probably been through over, you know, a hundred haunts by now. Um, so it, it's difficult yeah. to do. But seeing something new and it's like, I've never seen that before. And I, and I know that we, because all haunters are a bit like this, we don't get scared like some of the more regular, like regular customers do, we're not going to be peeing ourselves upon on the floor or anything, mm-hmm. but I yeah. like getting, God, I like getting that startle reaction if nothing else. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that would be my answer is that making, seeing evidence that they have good tactics and they really thought out the, the way the haunts constructed and they understand how the scares work Yeah, and have taught their, their actors, uh, you know, they've trained them, so that they get that pop mm-hmm. more often than not. Yeah, and that's oh, okay. And also finding creative ways to use what you have. Like I remember Waterloo Sportsman Club. That was another haunt we should have no, put on our. That our, was just fun. That was just so much fun. But it's a trail haunt in a southeast, no southwest Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really cool haunt. Okay. Uh, but they uh, did a thing where you're going down the trail and you get to a sort of dark part of it where you can barely see the outline of anything. And they had a kid in a morph suit just standing in the middle of the path. Yeah, and it's like, okay, there's a kid in a morph suit, like morph suit. What am I gonna do with this? And then he splits into three, and then into five. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I nearly lost, lost it right there because that hurt my, that hurt my brain. The fact they have hey, got five kids all in morph suits to be that coordinated with each other. Yeah, that is impressive enough. It is really is. <laughs> But it was free, well, genuinely disconcerting. <laughs> That'd be awesome. 
Um, alright. If if money wasn't an option, what would you do in Bernie Baxter? Oh. No. <laughs> alright, I'm gonna get a cup of coffee. I'll be back. <laughs> I have plenty of time. Okay, so if, if, if money were not a restriction, um, A, we would get a bigger place dedicated yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's first off, but I have like ideas for really big room designs, and we can't do that here. And, and one thing I I think I would want to do is I definitely want a bigger place, but yeah. I don't know if I'd want to go like hugely bigger. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm thinking I'd want something like yeah. you know, five yeah. to ten times what we have, not like eighty thousand square feet or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because I like that right now the two of mm-hmm. us can design, build, and do everything to our liking yeah. um, in the space we have. And it's small enough and manageable enough that we can create a single great experience through the entire haunt. And I would not want to lose that by going too large. Right. Well, and, yeah. and the thing is, is that, you know, if we didn't have to worry about making the money back, <laughs> then we can keep <laughs> all of the creative control and do things. Yeah. You know, we can do interesting things with that and not have to worry about whether or not we were, you know, back in black. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely a larger space. And one of the things that we've been adamant about is even though we're a home haunt, we build to professional standards. We build fire code compliant. We build ADA compliant. Yeah. And we use the same building techniques pro haunts do. Because if ever we did go pro, we didn't want to have to unlearn bad habits. Right. And we also didn't want yeah. to have to to train our actor or train our actors to unlearn any bad habits they picked up because we saw that at a haunt that we've worked yeah we, we've always tried to work as if we were a professional haunt just one that didn't charge and was yeah. about a tenth one fifth and one tenth the size yeah okay um what is your guys's favorite horror movie Honestly, I don't know if it qualifies as a horror movie, but I'm a huge fan of Repo, the genetic opera. Um, it's a, it's an, it's an, people say it's a musical. It's an actual opera film and it's all about repossessing organs. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, I have fallen in love with it, but as far as like true horror goes, I'm going to have to give that some thought because I've always been a fan of the more psychological. Like, if we're talking like good horror movies and not bad ones, because we yeah. watch a lot of bad cheesy horror. Right? <laughs> we, we, we watch a lot, a of, lot of bad. Yeah, um, we watched Zombievers after it was released, just to get right after it was released yeah. to give you an idea. Yeah. Um, growing up, though, I would say Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Because I really liked Anthony Hopkins. In that. Yeah, and that's a good, and that goes plays into that thing I was saying about psychological exactly. and, and mind twisting stuff. Because yeah, I mean, a, a good torture porn can be fun and cathartic in its own way, but you know, like you said, going back to Silence of the Lambs is genuinely disturbing. It will stick with you in a way that torture yes. porn might not. Yes, yeah, so if you don't yeah. remember the sounds that he makes whenever exactly, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know. Everybody remembers that. And, it, and it, it's in, it shivers up the spine because it sticks with you. And that's what yeah. psychological horror does. Yeah. Yeah. Like- 
All right. Um, do either of you have a personal ghost story that you like to share? Bless you. You know, I, I, you know I'm not a, um, a believer in ghosts, but that doesn't mean I haven't had an incident I can't explain readily. Yeah. Which was okay. when I was about four years old, I thought, I was convinced at the time, I was four or five years old, I was convinced at the time I had seen a ghost in my room. And when I described the ghost to my mom, it turned out that was my great, I described my great grandmother um, all the way down to her floral apron that she wore all the time. And there was no way I could have known that. She had died pretty much right as I was born. I never met okay. her, never had any contact, never even saw a photo of her, you know, but somehow I described it to the T so much that my mom turned white when I told her about the dream I'd had. Um, <laughs> like I said, don't know. Um, like I said, I'm not. That doesn't push me into the believer of category, but it's also something I don't have a ready-made explanation for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't have anything like that. Just, just some places. Um, I also am not a believer in in that, but some places the energy feels different than in in other places. Yeah. There is there's places that you go to and you, it, it just feels wrong. I'm reminded of the trip to Budapest, as you say that. Yeah. Uh, they, in Budapest, they have, I think it's called the Torture House. Yeah. And, and it's, long story short is when Nazis occupied Hungary during World War II. Right. They set up shop in a, in a house. It's like a regular looking house. It's it, kind it of was, bizarre. Yeah. Uh, regular looking house in downtown Budapest. And in the basement was where they kept political and tortured political prisoners. Yeah. And you can go down there as part of a tour through the whole museum. And it's a very terrifying museum it's it's it's, yeah. it's a ghastly reminder of the horrors of not of what the nazi regime did mm -hmm. um but you get down to that basement and there's very little display there it's more about this is what it was like yeah the, i mean you basically walk into rooms that are padded cells that they still have they have not changed the pads on there's still blood on some of the pads and it, the, the energy in that room doesn't make your head hair stand up on end and yeah. i don't know there's something wrong with you <laughs> okay that's pretty that's pretty interesting um for you guys what was the best part of haunt con 2020, 2020 <laughs> besides it was normal life. <laughs> yeah well i always enjoy networking at yeah. those and you know for us personally it was quite a start to haunt con whenever two busloads of haunters pulled up to our house to see our, our little home haunt. Um, <laughs> that's a memory I won't forget. No, no. I, I remember standing at the edge of the street and watching these two land yachts round the corner mm -hmm. coming our way. It's like, oh, what did we sign up for? <laughs> thinking out loud there was like, whoa. Uh, but no, everyone was so cool. And it, I mean, that was such a great experience. Once we got a little organization down. Yeah. Started taking people in groups of 10. Everyone had a good time. Everyone had high praise to say, well, I don't know if they were being kind or if they meant it. It seemed like they meant it. <laughs> but They left smiling. They, which they, is... they left smiling, which is the goal of our haunt, no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. Made you laugh. We scared you. You had fun. That's the goal. Yeah. It was also my first time giving a co-talk mm -hmm. or a, any kind of public speech. Mm -hmm. So that and was you quite interesting. Well. That was interesting. You did very well at that. Uh, so yes, it's very me-centric. 
Yeah, but as far as like <laughs> other things, like a lot, like, like and this is something I've noticed with conferences. I travel a lot for conferences. Yeah. Is like the conference is always kind of second fiddle to the stuff that happens mm-hmm. around it. Yeah, because we got to hang out with haunters for a lot of the time outside of the conference. Yeah, we were having and, dinners and drinks and yeah. just chilling and yeah, and that was that was really nice. That's that's always my favorite part of any conference. We were uh, touring the French Quarter with a group of... Yeah, showing people around. Showing people around. I mean, doing stuff like that is always so cool because it's the stuff that goes around the conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, that always is the most important. It's true yeah. of South by Southwest. Yeah. It's true of almost any conference I can think of. Is like the stuff that you do when you're not on the convention floor is what really makes it worthwhile. Yeah, not that okay. you, you should absolutely go. But right, because there were plenty yeah. of classes that were interesting, and yeah. right, and um, I enjoyed the women in haunting talk that they had. The panel um, sparked some ideas for me, so that that was good. Yeah, and like I said, the, the Haunt Con has a great trade show floor, especially since it's partnered with um, the Party Expo, Halloween and Party Expo. Halloween and Party Expo. Yeah. Um, has an amazing trade show floor. I'm always in danger of breaking the bank account there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the classes are really good. Haunt Con is very education oriented. Yeah. And I love that about it because that makes it a great place for new haunters and small haunters who want to go and sort of up their game. And then you have all the great networking opportunities around it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys going to make it to... Isn't it in Dallas next year? If it actually happens, <laughs> uh, if it happens, it is in Dallas. Um, we're probably going to pick a different conference yeah. to go to, just because we've been to Dallas so many times. I in Hong Kong so many times. Yeah, now. and I I spent some of my time growing up in the Dallas area and still have family. And I there. think I've had I think I've spoken in Dallas five times. Yeah. Yeah, um, so if we're going to have to, you know, pay for travel and hotel and everything, we'd like to try a different yeah, and, a different conference. You know, we've got our eyes on a couple. We're looking at possibly Scare LA. Yeah, that's... that's or Midsummer Scream. Sorry, yeah. Midsummer, Mid, Midsummer Scream is, Midsummer is the Scream. one that I, I really want to But we to. also have the Ohio Haunters Convention. Yeah. If, um, if that happens, yeah. that would be amazing to go to. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of really great... Basically, the only one we're not interested in is Trans World. Yeah. And that's more because <laughs> it's really genuinely trade show oriented, and that's kind of a, a backseat thing for us. Yeah. Okay. Trade shows are cool and all, but... We're really more about the education and networking. Okay, gotcha. Um, all right, last question. Right. <laughs> um, what is the best scare that you've you've gotten in your haunt? You know, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, for me, because I've worked front of house, my character is by design a little bit goofy, a little bit silly. He doesn't do a lot of the scaring. Mm-hmm. He's supposed yeah. to make people relax, so they go in. So my best scare happened yeah. at a haunt I was volunteering at, mm-hmm. um, which was I was in a black morph suit. It was a cold-ass October night. I remember this night well. I was outside in an outdoor closet scene that smelled like moldu and various other horrible things I won't describe on the light company. Um, but the idea was you would go into this and it was like a 40 foot long closet. It was huge. Yeah. And they, you part through and you come out the other side and you'd be in the blackness. And my thing was I would slip behind the group, rattle the clothes and there was an actor run to one side so I could get ahead of them and mess with them there. And I'd have some groups where there's like three people 
in that closet. Because I'm going so much faster than they are. But one time, a group, it was a mom and a bunch of kids. I see them as they come in. They walk in, and they are booking it. They're, they're lo- like they're late for an appointment or something, you know. Yeah. They're moving. And they get to the very end. And I, I try to get behind it, but I can't catch them. So I shoot to the actor run and just go right down to the end and crouch in the darkness on the other side. And I'm like, I guess I'll think of something here. And then the mom and the kids stop out. And I swear to God, she goes, one, pats herself on the head and starts patting the children. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> it was like in the Scooby-Doo when all the eyes open up in the darkness and they run away. And Crystal was in the next room at that time. Yeah, We were in adjacent rooms. And she comes back to me like, what the hell did you do to them? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and yours Chris. Well, I've, so I've, I've told a couple of stories about uh, memorable reactions from customers in our haunt but I don't think I've told this one okay so for a couple of years in a row we had a small child that would meet you outside and bring you in and what we had set up was a hidden room So that she would say, follow me. And then she would run around a corner and into this room. And I would wait until whoever, you know, was coming in had passed me. And I would come out behind them with a shovel on the concrete. Um, And nobody ever saw it coming. Everybody thought that they were going to be safe because they were with this, you know, adorable child. And later it was... uh, it was a, a woman um, who was a friend of ours that was also, she's, she looks innocent as well. Um, and so they were like, okay, good. We have a guide. They're nice. We're going to be safe, you know? And then they're like, where'd they go? They just disappeared, you know? And then I would come out and then they would scream and they would run. Cause I don't get a lot of, of, of scream scares a lot. Yeah. Because that's not my role. No, you're the stalker. Keep people moving forward. And that way you're right. also a zone actor that's watching the various scares and right. seeing that makes sure everyone's safe and everything's working as it should. So, yeah, I mean, and it's kind of weird that we spend so much time building this haunt. Yeah. And neither of us really get to scare in it much. Yeah. Because we both <laughs> are with our managerial duties or front of house duties. Right. We never really get, and like I said, we, we go through the security camera footage and we'll eat popcorn and drink beer and watch, watch the footage and have a good old laugh about that. But yeah, we, we, we spend all these hours building a haunt that we rarely get to do any scaring and our actors luckily are great and they do an amazing job, but they're the ones to get all the, the, the fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for coming on and talking to me. It's been, it's been awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Thank you. Yes, thank thanks you. for having yeah. us. Um, tell, do you want to tell everybody where they can find your podcast and if yeah. they want to get a hold of you? Well, definitely. Once again, I'll just repeat the usual intro and outro. Yeah. We're at hauntweekly.com. We're hauntweekly on Twitter, hauntweekly on Facebook, youtube.com slash hauntweekly is our YouTube channel. And we're also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Just search for hauntweekly. Um, actually, pretty easy to find, yeah. <laughs> all things considered. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you much for coming on again. Been a pleasure. Thank you you for having us. Hello, everybody. Please stay tuned. We're just going to take a quick break for our sponsors.
Batteries. It's finished. I've created the Monster Lab, and it's it's too gross. First, you put monster flesh on their creepy little bones. Then pour flesh remover into the Monster Lab and bubble off their slab. Too yucky. Look at this nasty guy. The Monster Lab. Watch for time freaks and more gross creations so you too can be a mad scientist. Too gross. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at FoggyJack13. That's where we're most active, and that's where you can find all of our other shows that we have here with daily updates on the new shows. Also, click the link in the bio for our t-shirts. Make sure you grab a Foggy Jack Live t-shirt. We have quite a few different styles of t-shirts we have. From the classic orange logo to a purple logo to... Even a Playboy Mansion model logo. Go check them out in the bio. You can also find our website, all of our other social media accounts, and so much more. If you like the show, please consider joining our Patreon page for $3, $5, or $12 a month. With all of those, you get five bonus episodes a week. Plus, I'm going to start sending out postcards to each and every one of you every month for the podcast and thanking you guys for being a member of the Foggy Jack Live Patreon page or the Pumpkin Guts episodes. You can also be a sponsor to the show. You just go over to Patreon and look for the sponsorship tab. Thank you guys so much for joining me down at the Pumpkin Patch where the haunters meet the haunted. I will see you next time on the Foggy Jack Live podcast. Thank you. Goodbye, and blessed be. Oh, it's getting spooky in here.